1: It's time to break it down in the only way we know how. Hot Route style. Earl Johnny! With our spin on football headlines with a mix of frozen tundras, let's be a cold weather team. Neck rolls and grass-stained jerseys.
2: The good old-fashioned guts was probably the biggest difference in the game. Everybody, welcome into another episode of Hot Routes, the new look new sound hot routes if you're watching live on youtube welcome Uh, this is not anything unusual for you to see me here at eight o'clock but if you are listening on the podcast feed this is our new hot routes the relaunch featuring one of my great friends and the hot routes goat, manny hill a former teammate of mine at 1500 espn and uh of course Uh, We go to Lynx games together. We do Hot Routes together. Uh, You're one of the best, Manny. What is going on, my friend? Are you excited for the relaunch of Hot Routes?
1: I'm ready for some routes, baby. Let's go. It's been been way too long. The season is upon us, getting underway on Thursday. And uh, I'm excited to be doing this a couple of times a week
2: uh, with you during the season.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: That's right. It will. So uh, Monday nights will be you Tuesday, Jonathan here on the channel, and then Thursday, also you. And uh, so if you want to hear all the shows, make sure you go to the hot routes uh, iTunes feed, because there's also going to be an additional one there with Marcus Whitman, who is a great football content creator. So each week uh, we're really leaning all in to the hot routes. And if you don't know what that is, because you're new here or you just found us uh, through the YouTube page, Basically it's five ish questions that we come up with that have a little bit of different angles and fun ways to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and the national football league. And of course your participation in the comment section is welcome. uh, Whether it's Vikings questions or NFL comments or answering our questions, anything you got, we will uh, address all that as well. But Manny, I I think we should just dive right in here. And one of the essence of hot routes is, um, I guess analyzing the world at large of football, it's more than just what uh, the Vikings are doing here locally, but you know, the things that we see going on on Twitter or around the league or news stories that we want to touch on. And so what I want to start out from you is because we haven't talked in a a little while on the show for a hot route is it's a long off season. They haven't played football since February. I want to know what the most insane off season take that you saw on the internet, or heard on TV, or the radio. What was the most absurd and ridiculous opinion that you heard this offseason?
1: <laughs> I, I I love this question. The, the one that immediately came to my mind was, it was a few weeks ago on, on First Take, and uh, everybody's buddy, Stephen A. Smith, uh, they were talking about the Jets, because of course they're always talking about the Jets on ESPN. Uh and Stephen A basically he like posed a question to the rest of the panel and he was he was so worked up and he was like basically he said Who do the Jets have besides Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, this was a team that for the most part was a pretty talented roster, and the only thing that was holding them back last year was the fact that they did they didn't have a quarterback, they had really terrible quarterback play last year. And Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be the last piece to a puzzle that was already almost put together, a defense that was really good with a lot of young talent. You know, you have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year, rookies of the year on the team. This is a team that's really talented and ready to go. So, yeah, Stephen A. Who else do the Jets have? They have Sauce Gardner, who's pretty good. They have Garrett Wilson, who's pretty good. They have a lot of really other good players on that defense. They added Dalvin Cook in the offseason as well. Uh, a few weeks ago, so it's it's not just Aaron Rodgers. I know you I know you love your guy, but it's not just him. The Jets the Jets are lined up to be pretty good this year.
2: Yeah, and they have a pretty good coach, I think, in Robert yeah. Uh And I guess I, I wish that Hard Knocks had maybe given him a little more run instead of the whole thing just being, "Hey, Aaron Rodgers might be cool." He's not breaking news, but they tried really hard to make it sort of seem that way on hard knocks. For me, the most absurd opinions all were regarding Justin Jefferson. And uh, there was at least two, maybe three that I can remember. Uh, One was from a CBS sports host, Andrew Perloff, I think his name is. He said that Jefferson is a product of the Viking system and not his talent which is funny because he's been in multiple different systems and dominated the entire time. So that's a weird one. I saw that uh, Christian Watson has a higher ceiling than Justin Jefferson. He just had one of the great seasons in NFL history. I don't know what there is a higher ceiling. Jerry rice is the only higher ceiling. Randy Moss is the only higher ceiling than Justin Jefferson. He is the ceiling. Okay. He, no one has a higher ceiling. There isn't a single player in the league that has a higher ceiling, like you're number one, you're the best player at your position. So that was easy to figure out. And then there was George Pickens actually has more talent than Justin Jefferson, but he just has to put it together, which also doesn't make a lot of sense because Justin Jefferson was a 97th percentile athlete. And one of the great college had one of the great college seasons in recent memory when he was at LSU, this dude can, jump like crazy. He can, he's fast. He runs a four, four. Uh, I, he has flexibility. He has toughness. He has uh, like, there, there isn't anybody who really matches this skill set, which is why he's the best wide receiver in the league. But you know, you've made it Manny when the world at large is saying, I don't know, maybe this other guy could be him sort of like when you and I were growing up, it was like, this Tracy McGrady. Can he be like the next Jordan? Like, no, <laughs> actually he can't. Uh, what about is maybe this other quarterback a little better than Mahomes? Actually, no, no, they're not. So that that was, I mean, of all the absurd takes, that was probably the one. Those were the ones that topped. Is is people trying to use Justin Jefferson to make some point about some other guy?
1: It it always amazes me about how when when a player and we see this in any sport, right, like. When a player is like fully established as the best at his position, or just like the best player in the league, there's always somebody that has to come in—a pundit, an expert, whoever—that has to that has to like question it. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's this guy instead. You know, we're seeing it. I mean, in the NBA, we know Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now, but there's always going to be somebody that says, "Well, you know, Giannis. I think it might be Giannis." And it's like. No, it's Nikola Jokic right now, and it, it doesn't need to be a discussion on it. It's okay. We can go a year without debating these things. It's all right.
2: Well, what is LeBron's legacy? That's what we're really going to talk about here on Hot Routes. And uh, you know, Bob makes a good point here, just about uh, you know some of the networks. Are they even real takes or scripted to fight each other? And uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some of that. But and it's a, but my point is just that it's a long off season, and so eventually people just work their way into some of the craziest takes by the end because they are just so absolutely desperate. Uh, I didn't see this one, but Kenny Pickett over Jefferson. What was that? Was that in like some sort of ranking of all players or something? Uh, The Kenny Pickett hype is really rolling along. That might be, Oh, I think I saw, I saw something like that. Like, Kenny Pickett's ceiling is Mahomes or something, and you know there's, no. there's a yeah there's a lot of them. Well, Pittsburgh's always a place that's talking themselves into it. So uh, that, but it was a fun off season from that perspective, and uh, we will hope for many, many more insane takes along the way. So let's get into this Vikings and uh, Bucks matchup, uh, Manny. This is you dug this up the 57th meeting of the old NFL or NFC central uh, matchup between the Vikings and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Uh, favorite memories of Vikings buck bucks. And also who are the coolest bucks in your opinion?
1: So my number one Vikings Buccaneers memory will always be 1998 week one, the debut of Randy Moss, media man, and for me, it always stands out because I was at that game, and I was fortunate enough to sit in one of the uh, one of the suites at the Metrodome, one of the end zone suites, and it just so happened to be uh, the end zone where Randy Moss caught his first touchdown in in uh, in the National Football League, the one where he caught the deep pass from Brad Johnson. It was like a fifty yard touchdown, and he kind of like. Caught it and kind of bobbled it at like the two yard line, but stuck with it and ended up catching it in the end zone for his first touchdown. And that was uh, right towards the end of uh, the end where I was sitting uh, in the in the uh, in the suite. And so that one always kind of stands out to me. Um, Another one that kind of sticks in my mind is uh, when the Buccaneers came to the Metrodome in 2012, when Adrian Peterson, the year Andrew Peterson won the MVP. And the Bucs ended up winning the game. But there was a moment, I think, in like the third quarter where Jared Allen gets into it with – remember Donald Penn, the left tackle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, pretty good player, made a couple Pro Bowls, I think, with the with the Buccaneers and the Raiders. And uh, him and Jared Allen kind of get into a little scuffle or whatever, and he was – you know, they were kind of locking arms and going at it, and getting, they get into a little bit of a fight. They calm things down, and on the next play, Jared Allen – beats Donald Penn and gets a sack on the very next play on third down to force a fourth down. And it kind of hyped the crowd up and the Vikings kind of needed it at that moment of the game. Cause the bucks were kind of taking it to them and Tampa, Bay ended up winning that game. But those are the couple of moments that stick out uh, in my mind of uh, Vikings Buccaneers
2: moments. Love this one from sloth favorite memories when the bucks won the division more recently than the lions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, That's good right. Times. Yeah. And good not times. Even in it anymore. So anytime there's Lions hype, uh, we can always bring that up. Uh, I suppose for me, well, it's, uh, the game ag- against, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where case Keenum showed that maybe there was a little magic in case Keenum. And I know this isn't a huge throwback here, but from me covering the team, this was one of the, the, the matchups, um, uh, that I remember really well because it was James Winston and it was a Bucks team that was kind of not really all that exciting, but they came in after the Vikings had lost to Pittsburgh. And we were thinking like, I don't know, like what's going to happen here. I mean, if case Keenum struggles, are they going to have to try to find another quarterback or what's going on with Sam Bradford? We have no idea. And I believe case Keenum, Threw for like 360 yards, including a couple pop flies that uh, Stefan Diggs came down with. I think there was one where it just floated over the middle and Diggs jumped over a guy and then there was no one behind him. Maybe uh, a little bit predictive of what would eventually happen in the future with a throw from Case Keenum to Stephon Diggs that went for a long touchdown. But it was that game. And, and it was one of the great single game performances statistically for any Vikings quarterback in history, which is again just wild since it was Case Keenum. Yeah. But, you know, I think that uh that game was a little bit of oh, you know what? This Vikings offense could actually operate with Case Keenum as their quarterback and uh could have, you know, something to it. So, uh that was the that was the one that that stuck out to me. Now, as far as favorite Bucks or coolest Bucks of all time. And there's a lot of nominations here, but I have to start with Mike Allstott just for the brand. I mean, yes. number one, but the thing about Mike Necro, that, baby. Was re- that was really cool is not only the neck roll. Yeah, not only the neck roll, but this man was a real running back slash fullback, which we just don't see anymore. The handful of running backs are the fullbacks that still exist. Most of them are just blockers like a CJ ham. And every once in a while they hand them or throw them the ball. But Kyle Juszczyk is really the only guy who is used as an offensive weapon. But he was blocking for another nomination, which is Warwick Dunn, one of the coolest players in Bucks history. He was blocking for him every play, but then he could run for several hundred yards if he wanted to. He stole all those touchdowns. If fantasy football was bigger, then people would have hated Mike Allstott for stealing all of those touchdowns. I mean, I think that, uh, Uh, He has a great nomination for being the coolest Tampa Bay buck of all time.
1: I like those. I like those a lot. Uh, Derek Brooks was one of mine. Um, You know, Derek Brooks was kind of like the. Sort of the, the, the quasi leader of that great defense, you know what I mean? I mean, Warren Sapp was. You know, the the boisterous, you know, sort of mouth of that defense, the guy that always always kind of talked and, and had a lot of character. And John Lynch was the was the physical, uh, hard-hitting safety. Ronde Barber was just the, the the guy that always seemed to make a big play when they needed it. And Derek Brooks was kind of like just that steady leader at that middle linebacker spot, getting the pick six to to put a capper on that Super Bowl. Uh, just a great player, and of course in the Hall of Fame now um simeon rice was another one that kind of stood out to me because he was a guy you go back and look at his numbers especially like that five or six year period he was with the buccaneers he was consistently racking up sacks year after year you're just looking it's like 12 sacks 13 sacks 15 sacks 14 sacks five or six years in a row um and he was always kind of a kind of a weird sort of um Kind of a quirky guy too. Had a little bit of a a little bit of an odd personality, but he was an excellent pass rusher. Um, and then one guy that I remember that unfortunately did not play long enough to be a part of the Super Bowl team was uh, Hardy Nickerson. Man, Hardy Nickerson was one of the early really great players on those Bucks defenses with Tony Dungy in the mid mid to late nineties and uh, made a couple of Pro Bowls and was an all-pro linebacker for them. So those are my three. Honorable mention, Gene Deckerhoff, the play-by-play voice of the Buccaneers, man. He's one of my favorites, and he's been doing it for like 30-plus years, been the voice of the Bucs. He's awesome. Love him. I think he does Florida State football, too, as well. Uh, So he's kind of honorable mention as Coolest Buck as well.
2: The Bucks are kind of funny, Manny, because they have so many horrible years in their history and then Super Bowls. And it's just a weird franchise where the Vikings have so many really good years and then not Super Bowls. Uh, I would also throw out there. I think Brad Johnson was a pretty cool buck. I don't know if people in Minnesota were happy for Brad Johnson when he won the super bowl, but I feel like they should have been, Uh, he was a pretty solid Vikings quarterback. And then he went to Washington and he was good and he went to Tampa Bay and he was good, sort of the ultimate game manager and didn't get any credit because that defense was what it was. So it was sort of the. Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, any quarterback can win a super bowl kind of thing. But I think he became underrated for that. I mean, Brad could really sling it. He was a good quarterback and a guy who is on the Vikings coaching staff. And uh, I will unbiasedly say that he is cool as heck, uh, which is Keenan McCarty. Keenan McArdle yeah. was a great buck, but also I've had a chance to sit down with him a few times uh, and uh, have conversations about Vikings receivers. And he is as cool as you would have thought as a player. So uh, they, yeah, they have a pretty fun history of random players. Hardy Nickerson is a great pull. Um, I was thinking about like Eric Rett who had his very short run. So it yeah. kind of depends on how old you are, that you could go back to some bad teams that had some pretty cool players. Uh, what about Bob mentions uh, a quote from a defensive back of the Buccaneers after that Moss game where they asked him if he was already great. And the defensive back said he isn't the greatest wide receiver yet, but he will be. And I mean, yeah, right, right away. It didn't take very long for Randy Moss to prove it. So that's, that is absolutely at the top of the list. Uh, Let's see. Hold on. We're making uh, uh, one of the issues I have is always scrolling with the, uh, the comments vinny testaverdi he was not a cool buck <laughs> he had a horrendous bucks career but he became super cool like over his career i thought vinny Testaverde became an awesome uh you know quarterback he had that 12 win season for the jets he played pretty well for the browns one year and had this really cool journeyman career but yeah for the bucks he threw like 40 interceptions uh, CJ mentions, of course, uh, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Rondé Barber finally getting his attention. Uh, One-time Viking Warren Sapp, and I only say that because they could have drafted him, and it's one of those big what ifs. Uh, let's see, Leroy Salmon, Mister Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's going. That's going back right there. Uh, man, yes, uh, Hardy Nickerson. Those, yeah, Tony Dungy defenses were great. Warwick Dunn was a great player. Here's a pull, Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia. One time, in the A book. That's a good one. And yeah. uh, someone else. Yeah. Mike Allstott is one of everyone's all time favorites, I think. And someone asked, and I lost it in the scroll about uh, Vita Vea and the Vikings playing him uh, this week. Maybe uh, he won't be one of everyone's favorite bucks after this week, because I I don't know what you think, Manny, about this uh, bucks defense facing the bucks offensive line. Or, I'm sorry, the Vite. You know what I mean? Bucks defensive line, Vikings offensive line. I feel like that's the biggest matchup that will determine this game, aside from Bucks receivers and Vikings corners. But if we're doing like a hardcore matchup, Vita Vea, if they can slow him even a little bit, you've got a shot. If you can't, the man is going to blow up this game.
1: Yeah, and we know about the recent history of the last half decade or so of vikings interior defense or interior offensive linemen going up against big physical interior defensive linemen vita vea kind of falls into that same category they've got to find a way to contain him and they can't have any they can't have any mistakes you can't have ed ingram tripping kirk cousins on a drop back uh and ezra cleveland's got to be sound and solid and garrett bradbury can't get blown up and pushed backwards so That's going to be tough, man, because Rita Vea, he's a monster, man, and we know the Vikings have a history of struggling against guys that are that big and that physical on the interior defensive line.
2: Yeah, I mean, he kind of reminds me of um, uh, Dexter Lawrence, who last year annihilated them and caused some major problems uh, during the playoff game, of course. Maybe some of you remember how it ended with a pressure from Dexter Lawrence. I I don't know. It hasn't been mentioned. On to the next hot route, which is... Which week one matchup is actually a preview of either championship weekend or the Super Bowl? So let's say I went forward in a time machine and I came back for Hot Routes tonight and I said, Manny, I've seen the future. One of these week one matchups is actually happening on championship weekend or the Super Bowl. If I told you that, which week one matchup would that be?
0: Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
1: I think the easiest one to think of would probably be Bill's Jets, right? I mean, with all the hype with, with the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers, he's supposedly the the missing piece, the one piece that they need to, to become Super Bowl contenders because they have everything else, it seems like. Um, and then the Buffalo Bills have been a team that's been kind of knocking on the door, one of the best regular season teams that we've had in the last uh, three or four years. Uh, but they've always, you know, come up short, whether it's losing to Patrick Mahomes a couple of times or getting beat by Cincinnati last year in the divisional round. Those seem like two teams that you would think, okay, if they end up playing each other somehow in the AFC Championship game, I could I could see that happening. But I've thought about this, Matthew Collar. What if it's Lions Chiefs in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I mean come on. We know the Chiefs it, it's a pretty good chance the Chiefs will get back to the Super Bowl because they have the greatest player in the world, right? And one of the great coaches of all time. But what if what if the hype of the Detroit Lions is real? What if it becomes a real thing? We've seen Jared Goff take a team to the Super Bowl before. It's not unheard of. What if it's I don't know. What if it's what if it's Lions Chiefs? I don't know.
2: Uh, Then a lot of people who made fun of the Lions, including us earlier, would have to eat some (laughs) words. I think, Uh, you know, the, the thing is, I mean, yeah, I can't really see the Lions making the Super Bowl because Lions and it just seems so impossible. But whenever this comes up, I think about how close the Buffalo Bills were to in Kansas city. They were 13 seconds away. All they needed to do was make one stop. They couldn't make it and they end up losing in the championship game, but, or was that, the uh, it wasn't that was, the, divisional, it was wow. div- divisional, divisional, but the championship game would have been what I like against the, the Browns or something. I forget how exactly how that went. Uh, but you know, Strangles. they would have been going, they would have, they would have been going to the championship weekend after that and would have had a great chance to go to the super bowl. My entire life growing up, the Buffalo Bills were an absolute laughing stock. They were irrelevant. They were terrible. They, they had. Bad ownership that made horrible decisions, like drafting Willie McGeehey when he was hurt, Willis McGeehey when he w- he had ripped his knee apart, and they weren't sure if he was ever going to play again, and they took him in the first round, like stuff stuff like that that is unconscionable. They let go Jason Peters. They they like they like brought in London Fletcher and immediately let him go. Like they did all sorts of stuff. They drafted J.P. Lossman. They tried Trent Edwards for a while. I I've got a lot of damage from watching that team and yet now they're great and they compete every single year so just because you are a disaster franchise does not mean you have to remain that way just like with uh, the Detroit Lions but i th- i mean that would be still a the lions very... man it's still the lions yeah. still the lions still the lions it's a good selection though uh, i like some of the nominations uh dolphins chargers i think could actually be an afc championship because The Chargers always play Kansas City super close. And if there's a playoff game where it's Chargers, Kansas City, it's not insane to think that Justin Herbert gets the ball last. And when you look at that Dolphins roster, if Tua can stay healthy and does whatever he did last year, that's similar. I think the run game will be better. I think their defense will be better. Like that team is a very serious contender. So I don't think that's insane. How about the 49ers and Steelers as a dark horse pick. Now, if that happens, then Kenny Pickett will a hundred percent be, uh, that guy and have taken that huge step forward. But could the Steelers beat Kansas city, Buffalo, Cincinnati, one of those teams? I don't know. Uh, looking at the week one schedule, I would say Browns and Bengals is kind of interesting if Deshaun Watson is the version of Deshaun Watson from the Texans and not like the broke ass one who couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards from last year. Turns out if you don't throw a football for like two years, it's kind of hard on the old arm. But if he was to come back, they have a good running game. They've got good receivers. They took the entire Vikings defensive line and, and then they added it to Miles Garrett. Like they've got a really good team in Cleveland. And then Cincinnati kind of speaks for itself for why they could be there. Um, uh, Also, uh, Cardinals commanders could be a great battle for who drafts number one. That's an interesting (laughs) one, but not for uh, championship weekend. And the the, the crazy one, it's, I guess, possible, but would be totally insane, would be Eagles And Patriots, Patriots. if Bill Belichick found some new way to cheat where he could uh, help Mac Jones know the other team's defensive calls by wiring the headsets or something, maybe the Patriots could get back. But uh, I think, tell me what you think, Manny. I think there's a lot of great matchups here in week one. I think we got a really good slate.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the, the, only one I was kind of thinking of, I don't know if I would really believe this would happen, but. You know, we saw the New York Giants kind of come in out of nowhere. I think how talented are the Giants? I don't know, but I think they're well coached. I think Brian Dable's a really good coach. Um, And, you know, all the pressure is on the Cowboys to that this is the year that Dak Prescott has to, like, really finally get it done, and maybe that's a motivating factor. And somehow the Cowboys and Giants end up playing each other in the NFC title game. I don't know. Who knows? I I think – I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but if there's one that you kind of look at and and say, okay, it would be kind of crazy, but I could maybe see it happening if some things go their way. We might see the Cowboys and Giants. I don't know. Who knows?
2: I, I don't think it's insane to talk about the Cowboys in this context. I think that everyone just hates the Cowboys so much that you don't want to say that it's possible they go deep in the playoffs because it would be way too obnoxious uh, and a New York team, like think of a more annoying situation for watching television than the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. But. Sometimes a random team kind of ends up running through the playoffs. It does happen. I just feel like the Giants are even more of a regression candidate than the Vikings are uh, for this year. Uh, what about Bob? Says, I, I want to see Herbert prove that he is that dude after last year's so so year before I take the Chargers seriously. The thing about the Chargers is that they are Vikings AFC. And you always just have to assume that the worst thing is going to happen to them and that they can't make the AFC championship or the Super Bowl. They have had some sort of bizarre curse on that franchise since 1994. I don't know what happened, but they they have had it arguably worse than the Vikings or just as bad from the number of times that they came like that close. And um, it did not happen. So. Um, Jordan says the jets have an insane early schedule. Aaron Rodgers drama. Aaron Rogers drama will be fantastic. I, uh, yeah, the, the thing about the, the jets is, is that's exactly right. I looked at their schedule and was like, Oh, you know what? If they don't come together like really fast right away and win, then they could be looking at something like two and five or three and five and everyone's going what happened? And I'm I'm a little skeptical of how Aaron Rodgers is going to look, Manny. Now, personally, I would like to lose myself, like 15 pounds, be in a little better shape. Aaron looks like he's lost about 35 pounds from when he was at his absolute peak. This man looks like skinny and kind of old. And even if he's still got some arm strength, I don't know if it's the same Aaron Rodgers as it was before.
1: He kind of looks like a little kid, at least looks like a little kid with a big, like sort of salt and pepper beard out there just like throwing passes to Garrett Wilson and 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 some of the other guys. Yeah, I I just if they get off to that 2 and 4, 2 and 5 star like what you were talking about, what is what are those press conferences with Aaron Rodgers and the New York media going to be like? It's different. This is different from Green Bay. Aaron, where you were kind of a god. You were the guy that followed Brett Favre and you lived up to the billing of following Brett Favre. This is different now. These Jets fans, they love you now because of all the hype and they're excited that you're there. But if you're not delivering, they're going to turn on you very, very quickly. They will boo you out of that stadium. And then the media will get on your behind about it afterwards. So that'll be kind of interesting to see if they get off to that slow start. You know, how is he going to handle that? How is Robert Sala going to handle that? How are the other guys in that locker room going to handle that
2: too? Uh, CJ says the curse of Stan Humphreys and in means. Yeah. I don't know what they did. Uh, Spanos happened. I guess. Yeah, that could be Uh, Jordan says Brandon Staley's ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory actually gives me chills that game. I was, uh, Uh, hanging out with a friend in a restaurant watching that game uh, against the Jaguars. And that's one of the most ridiculous meltdowns I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, of all of all the like giving away the game, but they were just it wasn't like a situation with the Vikings and Colts where the Colts were way worse than the Vikings. So you could understand why they came back. The Chargers should have been the better team against the Jaguars that day. And to give that away, it, it makes you not trust Brandon Staley really at all. Uh, Next hot route for you, which quarterback Manny will no longer be starting by the end of the season and not for injury reasons, who, which quarterback are you betting against making it the entire season?
1: My pick is Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. I think that this is, you know, he he couldn't finish last year because he got he got injured and the, and the Titans really kind of fell apart uh, without him. And they 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 had a lead in that division and they just melted down and end up giving it away to the Jaguars um, because they had like Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis starting games with them late in the season. Now, I think, you know, they they went and drafted uh, Will Levis in the draft. I think the thought is that they're going to try and groom Will Levis to be the quarterback of the future. They're going to try and develop him. Malik Willis seems like he might be a lost cause. I don't know, but they might still try and see what they can do with him. I just have a hard time believing that Tennessee is going to stick with Ryan Tannehill for the entire season. I think it's going to get to a point where they're going to fall out of playoff contention, Um, you know, Maybe two thirds of the way into the season, they're going to be done, and and Mike Vrabel is going to want to see what the younger guys are can. He's going to want to see what they can do, and you know I know Will Levis has been dealing with a little bit of an injury during during training camp in the preseason, but he figures to be healthy by then, I would think, and so we might be seeing uh, Will Levis if not uh, Malik Willis late in the season. So my pick is Ryan Tannehill will not make it through the entire season as a starter.
2: Well, you don't draft quarterbacks in back-to-back years in the top three rounds to have them sit and watch as you're out of the playoffs. I think that's a, a good selection if that team struggles. We have multiple different Russell Wilson picks in the comments. I I mean, would they actually bench him or not and just let it play out? I think they probably would just let it play out, but if they're really bad you could see it, but it's sort of like, who are they benching him for would be the question. I was going to say, who who was even their backup? Is it still Brett Rippon? Like, I don't know if you're finding out. (laughs) I mean, usually if you're going to do it, you're doing it just to sort of find out what somebody else can do. Or the other reason to bench a quarterback is if you're playing pretty well, but your quarterback is struggling like Zach Wilson. So you bench him for Mike White. Uh, I I think with Russell Wilson they just have to let it ride and see what happens. But he could also be very cooked and it could be quite bad. Uh, whatever Cardinals quarterback screws up and wins a couple games is a very funny answer. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, Josh Dobbs went two and seven. Get him out of there. We need somebody worse. Hey, that's what the Bears <laughs> did last year. Like Nathan Peterman was playing okay and they put Tim Boyle in. Like no no no, we need a couple of interceptions here. Uh, Sloth Baker could give up the job to Trask. That's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Where if, if it's a veteran, but there's someone younger behind him, that's where you see um, a lot of benchings right there. Uh, Jared Stidham, who does he play for these days?
1: He's the, I, I just looked at. I was going to say he's he's the um, he's the backup in Denver.
2: He's oh, back up in Denver. Okay. I, 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 cause I know he was with the Raiders and I was thinking Jimmy Garoppolo might be another choice. So I wasn't sure if uh, that was a thing that could happen, but okay. Are you benching him for Jared Stidham? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if you're trying to find out, but maybe, I mean, maybe if it goes that badly, they might have to kind of like when Eli got benched for Geno Smith that one time where it was just going so bad that they had to do it the, the worst, I mean, the worst case scenario for any team would be if like the Packers or the bears have to bench Jordan love or Justin Fields, which I really yeah. doubt. Cause I think that they're just going to keep going with it. How about Sam Howell? I mean, th- he's got Jacoby Brissett behind him. He's a young yeah. quarterback. I, I am a Sam Howell somewhat enjoyer I I mean, I think that he's looked pretty good the times that he's played and I didn't understand how he was dropped so far into the draft, considering what people had thought he was going to be. But obviously, if you've got a quality veteran behind you, that's possible. Uh Brock Purdy bench for Sam Darnold. I like this selection. That's yeah. that is a you know, they've just decided that Brock Purdy's a great quarterback. I think you need at least another year to know whether he's any good or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, and look, the 49ers are in win now mode. I mean, they're they're not, they don't have Kyle Shanahan doesn't have any time to, to mess around if Brock Purdy is not playing well. I mean, Sam Darnold was drafted very high and he has not lived up to expectations, but he's capable. You know, I think we saw him play, you know, decent with Carolina late, late in the season last year, um, except the last game of the season. He was awful, but um, but we know he's capable and we know that Kyle Shanahan can has kind of shown that he can kind of plug any quarterback in there and they'll be productive. So. If Brock Purdy struggles, I don't see any reason why they would feel like they have to have a long leash for him. You know what I mean? Because you've got a guy backing him up who's certainly capable of stepping in and and playing pretty well, too.
2: Jordan says, Kirk, if they pivot to tanking. I – I think that they would trade Kirk if they had to pivot to tanking. Don't you? I mean, maybe there's no one to trade him to, but there's probably one team out there that feels like they're a quarterback away and wants to make that trade by what week eight is the trade deadline. These days, it's pretty late into the season. There's gotta be somebody who's got an injury, but it it isn't so insane to think that the Vikings could have a tough start to the season. If they lose to the bucks, and then you go to Philly and then you got Kansas city and, and LA, like come up. I mean, it can be a, pretty ugly, but I don't know. I mean, I, it just, this, we already saw this scenario in 2020, Manny, where they went one and five and they didn't do it and they fought and tried to make the playoffs. I, I still have a tough time believing that they would ever just yank Kirk or trade Kirk that instead they would try to play it out until the very last minute. And then maybe if they were out of the playoffs, then they would play Jaron hall or something
1: yeah i mean i it's the vikings are just that team and we've talked about this for a couple of years now there's just there's there's not enough talent for them to be a great team but there's enough talent for them to not be like the cardinals you know (laughs) you know what i mean so it's just hard to to imagine like even when in 2020 the COVID year when they started out one and five we were all just kind of scratching our heads like this team should be better than one in five. And then we saw them, you know, kind of pick it up later in the season and they dug themselves too deep of a hole that year. But it just seems like as long as Kirk cousins is the quarterback of this team, they're never going to really have, you know, everything just completely fall apart for them. Falling apart for them this year seems to me like it would be like seven and 10 or six and 11 or something like that. I can't imagine them falling so far apart to where kirk has to get benched or traded away and then all of a sudden they're three and 14 and and picking in the top you know top three of
2: the draft it just seems like anytime you have kirk cousins it's going to come down to do you win the last second games or not because they're going to happen all the time. I mean, I I went back and looked at 2020 and 2021 and there were 25 one score games and they went 12 and 13 and then they went 11 and 0 last year. I mean, it's just weird, but I I mean, so even if you go on that same sort of 50, 50 and you go six and five in those one score games, but the point just being that there's a lot of them every year. Last year, there were a lot of one score games, but anytime you have cousins, it seems like there's just always one score games, no matter what. And then it's how you do it in those situations. So you could see either a hot or cold start based on that. Uh, This is funny what uh, Jordan says. Mahomes in week five will get benched just to beat the Vikings with their backup again. That that right there, that game in 2019, when Matt Moore beat the Vikings, even though that 2019 team had a great point differential and they had a lot of strengths to that team. That was the one game I think we kept going back to and saying, I just don't think they're good enough because Matt Moore beat them in Kansas city. And if you could be beaten by Matt Moore, you're probably flawed enough where you're just not gonna go that deep in the playoffs. But that that was an all-timer. Harrison Butker with the big kick at the end. You had what? Wasn't it a it was like a punt return or something that set up or a bad punt that set up that field goal. So yeah, that was that was pretty memorable. Uh last year the Vikings did dispel that backup quarterbacks always beat them though, because they beat a lot of backup quarterbacks last year. They will not have that advantage uh I think this year. So all right, uh last Maybe last one, depending on where we go with this, Uh, which non-playoff team from last year makes it and which coach is the first that gets fired, Manny?
1: Uh, The team that did not make it last year that I am 100 percent convinced will make it this year is the New Orleans Saints. I think it's almost by default. um, The rest of that division. I mean, Carolina is kind of rebuilding with a with a new young quarterback and a new coach. um, And, you know, and they traded away some some pieces to be able to move up to take uh, Bryce Young, DJ Moore, sending him off to Chicago in that deal. Um, So I don't think, I don't think Carolina is going to be all that good, but I think that's okay for them. Um, Atlanta. Are they really going to roll with Desmond Ritter? Like, and I like Arthur Smith, but it's like, you're going to go to Desmond Ritter. Okay. Good luck. We'll see how it goes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about how that's going to work out for you. Um, And then I, I just, I know, you know, Baker Mayfield's gonna have some weapons in Tampa, but I just I'm not sure about Todd Bowles being able to lead that team to another division title with Tom Brady departing. That team was eight and nine with Tom Brady last year. I can't imagine they're gonna be as good as that or better with Baker Mayfield this year at the helm. Um and I think that just leaves New Orleans with, you know. New Orleans has the best quarterback in the division right now, Derek. Derek Carr, kind of by default. We know Derek Carr is not great, but he's capable, and it's a weak division. So I'm, you know, and it's it's a Saints team that has a pretty good defense as well, good home field advantage in the in the Superdome. So I'm convinced that the uh, that the uh, New Orleans Saints, who were only a game out of the division last year, out of winning it last year. Um, are going to take that division and make the playoffs. And it might just be like they might go nine and eight, and that might be good enough for them.
2: You know, Desmond Ritter also did not get a nomination for could be benched, but Taylor Heineke's the backup. So it's not like they don't have another guy who could play, and they might be desperate and then have to go to him. Uh, I also saw that at least by Vegas implied odds that uh, New Orleans has the easiest schedule in the entire NFL this year. Now, that doesn't always mean that it's going to turn out that way but just by the Vegas over unders, but at least at this moment, their schedule looks pretty easy. Uh, Purple Hayes is nominating Atlanta to return to the playoffs. I think it's possible with the roster they have, they have a good offensive line. They have tons of weapons. It's just that I I can't get over the, the quarterback is so unproven. I didn't even think he was good in college. And then he's a third round draft pick and wasn't good last year. So that's a weird one. And uh, sloth says, Arthur Smith has to win games at some point, right? Atlanta's passing uh, passing on the QB this year makes you think they want the next coach to get his pick. Very possible. Uh, Arthur Smith does have to prove something there. He was a good running uh, offensive coordinator with Tennessee and they ran the ball exceptionally well last year, but you know, I didn't think it was all Marcus Mariota that it went as bad as it did for them passing wise. And if you can't pass, That's going to be pretty tough. Uh, CJ also nominates the Falcons with Josh McDaniels first to get fired. Does Mark Davis want to pay two coaches to be fired? Would be the question there. Uh, Nomination from T. Kubler is Ron Rivera for the first coach fired. Could very much see that. Uh, Let's see. Did Cleveland go to the playoffs last year? No, they didn't last year. Cleveland could definitely be. That was going to be one of my nominations is Cleveland going back to the playoffs. I mean, there's another team that you could nominate. But I don't think anybody on our feed here wants to nominate, which is the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers were a game away from the playoffs last year, and they were playing with an unhappy, angry, childish quarterback who spent the first half of the year trying to do everything he could to prove that it wasn't his fault, that he couldn't find open wide receivers and that he wasn't going to listen to the coach and throw, you know, throwing a temper tantrum all the time. I, that I think that Jordan love doesn't even have to be that great to give them a chance to potentially make the playoffs. If things don't go great for the Vikings, if the defense struggles, if there's some injuries, a nine and eight from the Packers might get them in. Uh, and uh, again, I, I know that everyone, what they want to see is that Jordan love is horrible and that they go three and 14, but there is a world where he's good enough to get them to nine and eight and then they uh, end up getting into the playoffs. I think that those are the best nominations. I mean, Los Angeles, I just don't think they're good enough. Cooper Cups got some problems. Carolina's like kind of intriguing because they won a decent amount of games last year with a combination of what Baker Mayfield and PJ Walker. So, you Steve know, yeah. I mean, they, they weren't even that bad. So I guess it's possible uh that 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 could end up working out but the other teams I mean Washington seems like a stretch of course Arizona's not going to make the playoffs Denver Denver is a nomination but I just feel like they have such an up, uphill battle there Indianapolis would be really something if Anthony Richardson was good enough or Houston I if if suddenly the Jaguars weren't that good and one of those teams, that are playing rookie quarterbacks shocked the world and made the playoffs. That would be a really interesting story. And since we don't have the NFL script, we never do know uh, what's going to happen there. Let me jump to a couple of uh, comments here from uh, Zimbardo. I want to see the Vikings put somebody away once in a while this year. We have some good run blockers. So this is achievable. I agree last year in those one score games. I, a lot of times they were winning, just run the ball, get a couple of first downs and the game is over. And yet they always left the door open. And I think they could improve the run game and have that happen. Uh horse feather says, Kirk will be Kirk one more year and be gone. Let him have it. He's a good quarterback, but just don't see us getting, uh, getting us to the super bowl. JJ certainly makes him better though. Yeah. I mean, I think that everybody's sort of decided that that's the case is that he's just going to have that last year. Like, it's very unlikely, as you mentioned, Manny, that they're ever going to be bad enough to trade him away. 2020 was an odd situation, but they waited one more week, got a big win in Green Bay, and then got right back into the playoff race after that, as they just always uh, tend to do. So uh, uh, it has brought up Mike McCarthy will be fired. That's an interesting one. I mean, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs and they have some idiotic play at the very end, uh, you could definitely see that. I I don't know. I, I have a tough time figuring out too many other coaches. I mean, Robert Saleh gas, Kevin Stefanski. If it goes bad, Kevin Stefanski's done in Cleveland. If they start out a season really badly, it's not going to be Deshaun Watson who ends up uh, getting that there. Uh, let's see. Bob asked, do you see J.J. getting an extension before the season? What do you think, Manny? Uh,
1: before the season? Well, we're, what, six days away, right? I mean, I think if it's going to happen, it would that would mean it's going to happen in the next couple of days. I don't think it'll happen before the season starts, and I honestly think that that's okay because I think Justin Jefferson is going to be a professional and he's going to show up. He's going to play because he's a competitor and it's part of what makes him a great player. Um, and he's going to show up and he's going to do his job. He's going to continue to be the best receiver in the league. And, you know, maybe they work something out during the season or maybe we go the whole season and it doesn't get worked out. And then it gets worked out in the offseason and everybody's fine, you know. But I do think eventually it will happen. Will it happen before the season? I mean, we're, we're less than a week away, so who knows?
2: Yeah, I think right now, just because we're so close to the start, I would lean toward no, Uh, but I guess I wouldn't be totally shocked since Delvin Cook went all the way up to the start of the season. And you always just have to keep in mind as people stress over everything, as they are Vikings fans, that he has a fifth year option and the Vikings could franchise tag him twice if they really wanted to now that battle can get ugly and you can demand trades in public and you can make this thing as ugly as you want to make it. But the NFL really baked in a hell of a lot of team control and it's just favorable for a player to sign an extension, whether it's this year or next year, I'm also seeing some pretty ugly battles between players and their teams. And I do wonder about that. Like, is he going to join those ranks or not? I guess we will find out in a couple of days, but then there's still a whole off season to figure it out after this. So we might, we might be days away. We might be far away. I think ultimately it just makes sense for everybody for it to happen. Manny, do you have a Super Bowl prediction you want to put down on our very first hot routes show of the season? What do you got? Who are you thinking?
1: I I'm going to go. I think the Buffalo bills are finally going to get over the hump. Okay. I think it's going to happen this year. I, th- I think I, I, think I might've picked them last year when we did, when we did it to I might've been picking the bills for like the last three years or something, picking against the chiefs, which isn't, which isn't always very smart, but I think this is the year that it finally happens. And it might just have to take them getting home field advantage for once so that, you know, make, make Patrick Mahomes come up to Buffalo and play you in the AFC championship game. You know what I mean? Maybe that'll work out in your favor a little bit more. Um, from the NFC, I I would say maybe Philadelphia gets back there. You know, uh, I mean it, it's hard to hard to imagine why they can't. You know, they got most of the same roster coming back. Jalen Hurts is a year older and a year better, um, in theory, uh, and uh, and they're well coached. So by, by Nick Sirianni, so I would not be surprised if the Eagles get back. So I'm gonna go Bills Eagles for Super Bowl 58.
2: I will go with Cincinnati Bengals versus mm. Seattle Seahawks coming out of the wow. I'm going to go, I'm going to go hot here because it's hot routes. I'm going to go hot and I'm going to say Seattle. I'm going to say Geno Smith with the addition of Jackson Smith, in the jig, by. I know he's a little banged up, but I think their offense can be really great. They've improved their defense a lot. And uh, I, I mean, I also think that, you know, okay, San Francisco is good in that division, but they could win that division and they could be a great team. And I mean, man, look at what Gino did last year. Like, they, I mean, what he was doesn't matter. This is the Rich Gannon situation from uh, the, the Raiders. Like what he was in the past, it's really about what he is now and the weapons that he has. That's a coach who's been to the Super Bowl before. So will they run at the goal line if they have a chance in the Super Bowl? That I can't see in my crystal ball. I don't know. But uh I, I'm going to go with it. I think that Seattle is kind of a under appreciated, really, really strong team this year. And I'm trying to pick, you know, like a, a little bit offbeat from who went last year. I mean, of course I, you know, Philadelphia and, and San Francisco, I think are the by far favorites. So I'm going a little bit below that and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, that that would be a lot of fun, you know. Maybe a last uh, last hurrah for Pete Carroll, and then maybe you know they get to the Super Bowl, win or lose. That's not a bad way to go out if you're if you're Pete Carroll, and who knows? Maybe he coaches for. I saw him on the Richard Sherman podcast uh, a little bit ago, and he was he seemed like a guy that wants to keep coaching for years to come. I mean, even though he's, I think what I think he, Pete's seventy two now. I think seventy one or seventy two or something like that. So, uh, yeah. Who knows that, you know, Seattle could be interesting.
2: It could indeed. Well, anyway, we'll go hot to end the first episode of Hot Routes. So Manny Hill, uh, this was fun. It's exactly what it's always been, which is great. And I really appreciate all of the audience participation too, you guys answering the Hot Routes questions, layering in some of your other Vikings questions and things like that as well. So great job to everybody involved. Appreciate you, Manny. Again, the schedule, the way it's going to be in the season. And there will be other videos that pop up uh, Monday morning, Murph, Tuesday morning, left guard with Jeremiah Searles on the YouTube channel and stuff like that. But as far as going live, the plan is to be live every night. Next Thursday is going to be weird because they'll be playing the Eagles. So we won't be live. I'll be in Philadelphia, but um, on the channel all the time, uh, every night. So make sure that you are paying attention. I think uh, Monday through Thursday is probably going to be how we do it. And then we'll see about Friday. I might want one night off. I don't know. So anyway, well, thanks, Manny. I appreciate your time. I will see you on Thursday night. I will see all you guys tomorrow night where it's Jonathan Harrison sitting in that chair, and we have a lot to discuss as well. So catch you all later. Thanks, Manny. And uh, we're back, baby. Week one, football.